Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Friday Happy Hour podcast. We call it BKOT, Build a Kick-Ass Offshore Team. New episode with the same old faces uh, who are really looking forward to the weekend. And are you guys wanting to do the podcast or just close it before your announcement? No, I, I, I appreciate the comment about how old we look, but we look forward to this podcast and we okay. want that, to do it. That sounded very positive and enthusiastic. <laughs> so today's podcast is impact of a good team dynamic on your business. I'm definitely not, not the expert on the panel, but probably the viewer this time and the learner because we have Sia and Mike, which, which is, you know, in, in their coaching business and in their coaching career have really great experience and, and really great uh, advice uh, and tips to share on this. So, uh, well, uh, honestly speaking, uh, when, when I was actually thinking about this topic before starting this podcast, uh, what came to my mind was, you know, while growing up, I mean, while running this business, I lost few people on my way in this five years. And uh, honestly, some of those people, uh, you know, were kind of, I thought was, uh, it was, it was a natural progression of the business through which I lost them. Uh, but some of them probably I, I thought that, you know, I could have kind of avoided those, those, uh, you know, situations. So that, that was the first thought probably which came to my mind, you know, while I started thinking about this topic and uh, this podcast. So, uh, well, uh, honestly, as I said, I am, I am a learner up, uh, about this topic. And today, after building a company and, and, and building this team together with uh, our, you know, managers and senior managers and everyone together, I genuinely feel this is very, very relevant to run uh, not just a 10 people company, but even a thousand or a 10,000 people company. So uh, yes, uh, Mike, uh, Sia, anyone can come in and, and, and join in uh, uh, and can add value. One thing, you know, for any growing firm uh, where the focus is on business development, new client, adding new service. This is definitely something goes on the back burner. Good team dynamic. Focus is always on hunting. If you'll hunt, yeah. if you'll grow, everything fall in place. That's how we yeah. think. That's how I think. And I yeah. think people think that way. Yeah. So this, this actually, you know, this thought actually kind of hits you only when you know, things start falling apart even a bit. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, your thoughts. I mean, this probably comes to you uh, in every coaching business, every coaching client or every, you know, every client that you work with. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's such a relevant topic, in, you know, in business or uh, in your personal life. And really, uh, you know, they, that when, when we're talking about team dynamic, um, Sean, uh, that is that has to do with how you manage relationships. And, you know, relationships are managed either on one-on-one -on -one basis 
or in group settings. And uh, in business, you need to have a healthy dose of both of those things. You know, one thing as I was thinking about today's topic, uh, one thing really stands out for me is that if you really think about this particular, you probably heard this, um, that, you know, enemies become best of friends when they find common enemy between them, right? So two, when you have two uh, people that are just at odds, they're butting heads and they're each other's enemies, the moment they have the same common enemy, the same thing that they want to fight against, they join forces, even though they were just about killing each other about five minutes ago. But the moment they have something else, and that reveals something very, very significant. If enemies can find ways to work together because there's a common cause, imagine what you can do with your team who are not each other's enemies, hopefully, at least not to that extent, right? <laughs> Depending on what you're talking about. So for me, uh, the, having the right team dynamic, it really begins with whether there's an existence of a greater cause beyond just we're going to conquer the world. We're going to be the most profitable, the most revenue, the most, the best, the number one, dot, dot, dot. You can complete the rest of the sentence there. There's got to be a very common cause that the team cares about. And then you have something to work with in terms of dynamic. Without that, you don't really have the glue that holds it together. And everything else, in my opinion, if you do, it's sort of a superficial endeavor to just band-aid some of the issues with the team. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Mike? What do you think about that? Well, I don't <clears throat> I agree with you because you're such a smart guy. But, um, <laughs> uh, the, you know, when I think about it, when it comes to, to, to high performance or well-run teams within an organization, it starts with the organizational's vision, the organizational's culture, the organization's reason for being and then every team within the large organization, within the big organization, are doing things in a way that helps support the big mission. You know, so each each um, <clears throat> cross-functional team with organization also has to have a design, uh, a, a charter, a, a a relationship, or a way they communicate, kind of like a model of, you know, what is the reason for that team? What, how does that team support the big picture or the big goal of the organization? And how are those members going to relate to each other and to the other teams in the organization? Because you have, you know, no, no corporation of 10 people or more has only one team. They, they have subsets. And as long as the subsets are working towards the same big picture goal, like in Sean's cases, I just, I'm out hunting, I'm out growing the business. My teams that are back home, if you will, need to be supporting the same mission that the leader has. Otherwise, it goes in different directions. And the, uh, although they might be the most dynamic team ever, the <laughs> corporation suffers because they're going the wrong direction. So commonality of purpose and goals are necessary for teams to be high-performing. And then when you break a team down, what is a high-performing team? You, you, you find that they're organized around what your core process is for your company. You find out the kind of self-governed, they're a self-governed team. And they're making decisions at the point of connection with the customer, at the point of 
or the rubber hits the road, if you will, they're not waiting for a higher up to make the decision for them or to support their decision. So decisions, are, I guess, a better way of saying decisions are made at a point of action. So it's kind of like a, a well-performing team is organized well, they're passionate, they share their leadership, they have a principled governance. They, they're, they're another way of saying they view each other as partners. You know, those type of things are all characteristics of a dynamic team. Well, uh, Mike, probably uh, one of the things, you know, when we talk with firms and when we internally also think that whatever objective or larger goal that you are running, a team should be on the same page. And if a team member is being asked, he should be able to describe that. He should be able to articulate that. See, um, there, is a, uh, there is a concept of individual rationality and collective rationality. And we always tend to believe that if a group of people behave rationally together, even though, I mean, if they're individually rational, they necessarily will be rational as a group too. I mean, uh, we, there is a a concept called prisoner's phobia. I was reading to professors where they say that there are two prisoners who are actually in a solitary confinement. They have been caught on charges. Now, uh, uh, what, what has happened is uh, they have a main charge for which, uh, you know, they don't have evidence. So they cannot prove main charge against both of them. But they have circumstance, uh, circumstantial charge for which they'll be punished. Now, the option with the police or the authority is, they, you know, that the prisoner A, if betrays prisoner B, prisoner A can get free as a witness and prisoner B would be jailed for two years. Same way if prisoner B betrays prisoner A, prisoner A would be jailed and prisoner B would be freed for two years. If they both keep silent, you are not going to get proved on the main charge. So you'll be, you know, basically uh, in prison for one year. And then if they both betray each other, basically they both will be charged for three years. So now common rationality is they both will betray each other. Mm. And they both would be charged for three years. The reason is they both would think that we would be free. So the, the individual rationality in aggregate somewhere is not a common rationality or, or not a collective rationality. So this is a prisoner's mentality. So the idea is to break the confinement so that they know what is a common good. So again, an, uh, an analogy from finance, which, which I say where the choices are always, you know, where you think what is rational for you might not be rational for you and might not be collective rationality. So sometimes people do think, uh, I mean, this is what I feel uh, as an organization, when, we, when you lay out the purpose and the collective goals, uh, we always think, and I, this is my thinking process. This is my, where I think I was, you know, wrong. I always thought that if I'm trying to do something which is, okay for an individual it should be okay for the business as a whole too mm-hmm. but but that's where i kind of you know somewhere i i i thought that it has it is different 
individual because individual sometimes we think but individual does not behave rationally yeah <laughs> that's the problem it, it it starts though you have a goal you have a direction you have your vision you have um uh, everything in place but if you don't have the right management team none of this will be implemented so i've always i've been in client relations and sales and marketing for 15 years and and i never looked at a manager or boss as a manager or boss i always wanted to uh be a leader or follow a leader right a leader is somebody that leads from from the front leads by example you could bark orders and tell and direct all day long and give ideas and then disappear but if you're there with your team and you're working with them and you're showing them and you're uh, celebrating everything, it's all about celebration. And if something goes wrong, you just coach, you give feedback, you don't make any negativity, but if you need to have the right management team in place, then everyone will, what's the saying, eat, eat the cake or drink the Kool-Aid. And, and, and it just, uh, to foster that type of environment and it just keeps going and going and going. But if you have somebody that's like doesn't agree with it or goes their own way, then you have you know weeds in 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 there per se. So you got to have not managers or bosses, but leaders. Somebody that you want to you want to work for. You want to go to work. You don't treat it like a job. You're excited. You just can't wait to do what needs to get done with it. Yeah, you're you're spot on, uh, Chris. Uh, people are a lot smarter than we give them credit to. Um, they can sense when there's a leader that actually cares for them right or there or there's a leader that is instead is exploiting the team for business right. profit it, right. you know I, I think a lot of people can sense that very easily very quickly and they know what's fake and what's real um and the reason for that is because frankly we spend with people we work with more time with them than we do with our own family uh, just if you think about how much time during the day you spend with them, uh, well, now it's on Zoom, uh, of course, uh, through email, through this. And we have a lot of, um, my uh, criticism is that we have a lot of, um, we, we, co we connect, but there's not a lot of connection, if, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, one thing that um, I always think about in terms of team dynamic is I think of, the military. I think about how there's this huge organization that is so big with millions of soldiers. And somehow there's a dynamic there that holds them together so they can accomplish goals, right? So what do they do that works well? And um, when I did some research on this and studied them in depth, I realized, well, one, they have a way to simplify and clarify what the standards are. And by, by standards, I mean the values. What are the values? You talk to someone who's been in the Navy, and they'll tell you specifically there's five things or three things or four things. Anyone here a veteran? Uh, Mike, are you a veteran by any chance? Or, you know, I would ask Chris the same question just by, the, 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 by his appearance alone. I would think that you are part of the special operations. Uh, uh, my mom wouldn't allow it. Don't worry. My mom okay. would not allow that. I still think you're in some kind of a, 
uh, <laughs> some kind of a position that you're not allowed to discuss in public, which that's fine. If you want to, if you want to deny at this moment, we could do that. But no, uh, I'm sorry, what was that? You come after, you know, the bleach tips, short tips. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So look, so when you look at when you look at the military, you look at the fact that they simplify things, they standardize things, and it's very clear across the board what the standards are. Now, the as long as in tom, in terms of leadership, you Chris uh, talked about, you know, it matters what kind of a leadership you have to create that team dynamic. And what I've seen this, I've seen this work time and time again. Uh, you've heard this probably if you watch any of the uh, one and one Wait. for all. We lost your sound Wait. for a second. Say that again. Your sound. Okay, went can, out. can you can you hear me now? Yeah, now you're, you're, you, you can come again. Last five seconds, okay. you missed it. That's okay. I was giving the secret to cancer. So sorry, you lost. Only five seconds, I'm sure. Yeah. No, uh, to, to curing cancer, excuse me, not secret. But anyway, my uh, what I was saying is that if you remember the movie, The Three Musketeers, the oh. thing that they, they would say is all for one and one for all. Okay. Um, and because it, one, it was simple, easy to remember. And what does it really mean? What does it really mean? All for one and, or, and one for all. That one could be the leader one for all, or uh, vice versa, right? So I think simplification is quite important. And one thing I've realized that it works really well, guys, is when leaders create accountability and transparency, without the standards, you cannot have any kind of accountability. So you simplify what the standards are. You put yourself on the chopping block like the rest of your team, and you are transparent in what you're trying to do. And by the way, if you're not upholding those standards, you give, you empower your team to hold you accountable. And that will earn you respect for your team. That tells you that you actually care about a bigger cause than putting yourself here and putting your team under you. Well said. Well, I guess I'm done for today. Enjoy the weekend, folks. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Enough said. He's, he said the final word. Oh, there's more. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Uh, this, this stuff really gets me, uh, gets me passionate because it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's about relationships. It's not about, you know, what most, well, I, I'll tell you what, this is very, this is very important. If you were, if you had a few children, let's say you had two, two children, three children, and let's say you wanted to adopt a child and, and add that child into your family, what would you go through before you pick and say yes to a child coming in? Would you consider how that child would fit within your current family dynamic? Would you consider the personalities and where your children are right now in life in relation to what that new child will add or take away or what would be that dynamic look like. For most of us, if we were in that position, we would actually take the time to make 
to consider those things. However, time and time again, I see when people go to hire uh, new employees, they don't consider those things. Instead, it is so fixated on whether the employee has the technical capabilities, whether the employee has the, uh, you know, the, the, can they answer the questions in the way that is pleasing to the ears. And, you know, if, if you've been watching politics for any time during, uh, of your life, you'll know how you can always give an answer that is pleasing to the ear, but it's not necessarily a good reflection of what the truth is. So, the, the point of it is that it begins at the, hiring pro, at the hiring stage. If you actually pay attention to how that person can fit in in your current team, you know, I had someone, I don't know, I don't want to mention a name. I had someone who justified, uh, someone I was working with, justified hiring a new person that was at odds with the rest of the team. And the, the reasoning, the logic behind it was that when that person comes in, he or she will challenge the rest of the team. And somehow we're gonna get better because of it. Yeah. How do you think that, that worked out? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a question. Sia, I have yeah, a question. Uh, so Sia, I think what you're saying is absolutely bang on. That the new person who wants to come in wants to prove his point. So the yeah. only way to prove the point is you challenge the current norm, you know, normal, yeah. whether it is yeah. right for the business or the wrong, wrong for the business. Sometimes you don't evaluate that. Okay. Yeah. However, yeah. my question is this. Let us take our example. We are a fast growing company. I mean, mm -hmm. we are not a regular growing company growing like 20% year on year. Right. Mm -hmm. So in matter of six, seven years, we have become, you know, so we had, we grow like 100% year on year, mm -hmm. right? So we are not the same every year. So the challenge is uh, sometimes, so because there are people working with me right now who has been the first 20 employees or first 15 team members of the company. Mm -hmm. How about, you know, that evolution? Because some, some, somehow what happens is you don't have, those people who are good for one to 50, sometimes they become really misfit from 50 to 250. And the one good from 250, 50 to 250 are really not, you know, they somehow are not able to evolve from the 250 to 1000 journey. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is right. But now the demands of the business were not there. So for, let me give you an example. And this was mm -hmm. happening just right. You know, this was yesterday's discussion. We never had customer relationship position in our business. I mean, two, three years back, right? But now as business was growing, me and my brother and, you know, we cannot manage those relationships. So we have to organically bring in a customer relationship manager. So now those managers who were working, you know, the team associates, mm -hmm. there is a layer in between. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what happens? Yeah. How to deal with that? Well, I think you brought up a very uh, good point here, Sean. What you are really referring to is roles change, responsibilities change. What doesn't change is principles and values, no matter how big the company gets. As a matter of fact, some of the most successful organizations in the world 
they have had their values and principles since they were just a small business before they became multinational Fortune 500s. However, uh, you are right in that when your business evolves, roles and responsibilities change. One of the very one of the uh, very interesting uh, exercises that I know that you guys will go through uh, at our Accountable 2020 event is the team roles and responsibilities checkup. And that checkup is basically consists of under you know you hire someone. I mean, forget about the growth for just a moment. Just put the growth thing aside for just a moment. Let's say there is no growth. But the chances are when you hire someone, a year later, when you look at what they actually do, their role and responsibilities, it has evolved. I mean, just by the virtue of time and, and circumstances, let alone if you have growth and you have opportunity and you have uh, uh, different market changes and you add people, that even makes it even more complex. So I think we just need to have a real honest assessment about the fact that some of the people that we've hired under certain titles and roles no longer fit in those categories. And we need to evaluate that and make the proper changes in order to make sure that person is still a good fit and under that role. And in your example, you have customer relations managers as an example. New title coming in. New, new dial coming in. Coming in the middle, yes. Yeah. I, I think that you could have, you can change roles. You can add, delete roles from your organization without impacting the dynamic. As a matter of fact, the more you proactively watch what how the how the roles are i, I you know that that specific exercise i just mentioned it reveals where are some of the um some of the uh overlaps are between roles and so what happens is that when you have you have a role and i have a role let's say we're working for the same company but our roles overlap that actually negatively impacts the dynamic between us. We could, outside of work, we could be very, very much compatible. But because we, we overlap with our roles and responsibilities, you may get upset that why did I take on that particular project when it was yours to take? Or why you, I get upset, why did you handle or made a decision on this particular thing when it was really my decision or you should have discussed with me first. And the issue in that example, it's not you or me. It's the fact that the role hasn't really clearly been defined between the boundaries of what I do and what you do. And if we were to fix that, then we'll have a better team dynamic. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's what I think. Well, uh, I understood uh, it in a way, yeah. Yeah, in a way, in a way, in Sean's language is cut. you were kind of there, but well, I'm, like. I'm still not convinced, or or still this is my dilemma. Yeah, that uh, you know sometimes you know when you work closely, and when you know things starts evolving, yeah. how to manage that evolution when in a, in a group company which is growing, you know, adding 150 200 employees every year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are 
there are multiple titles which come in you know all the time which i mean previously there were just hierarchy if you if you start there was me and then when there were one one layer so this was a two and then things starts coming in things starts adding up and the yeah. hierarchy gets bigger not that we want to uh, not that we want to uh, compromise on agility of the company no yeah still our managers are super empowered still our team is super empowered and i would like to keep it that way uh, yeah but still uh, yeah the challenge is yeah. sometimes that uh, the acceptability of the evolution so i am i believe that mm-hmm. the people who have been working with us should naturally progress on the higher roles but as the business progresses you know this new roles demand newer faces and yeah. it is not available in your existing yeah. spectrum yeah yeah ideally in an ideal world i think that that makes sense but what happens in in real in the, in real time is that you have uh you have people that are not ready yet to be placed in that higher responsibility you have others who don't have aspirations to move up in there they may be ready in terms of you know talent yeah. and they, skill set they don't want to do it but they just don't want to, they they're more comfortable i can't tell you how many times in interviews of existing teams i find out that people when i when i ask them about their career path where would you want to go where would you how would you like to see this they say i am good where i'm at sia if i do what i'm doing right now for the next 10 20 years yeah i'll be happy i don't want any more of that why because it gives me flexibility i can spend more time with my children i can do this this is where i want to be now personally knowing you Sean knowing me to us we're like why would you that doesn't make sense let me sit down and talk to you and tell you how you are missing out on all the great what was that Mike I say you you want to tell them how they're wrong <laughs> how they're wrong how yeah. you know don't don't discount yourself like that don't don't yeah. think small think big and all that blah 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 that's But, a recipe to disaster yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah Yeah. Anyway, yeah. On, but yeah, but uh, but I, the, the, yeah, go ahead, Chris. I have a quick story. So, uh your your spot someone keeps calling. These robo callers are annoying. Um a, a story behind that, uh there was a long story short, I was a uh 32 or 33-year-old manager taking over a team where the top rep was 61 years old. And so I had one-on-ones with him and I met with him and I was like I was like you're double my age why are we in this different uh, spots here and he goes I would never take your job I would never ever take your job I've been doing this for 31 years and I'm extremely happy I'm good at what I do and that's all I want to do so you have to also keep that in mind and 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 ages of ages throw that out the window uh, nowadays yeah. it doesn't matter as long as it, it, it and then when he actually when i left the company he goes you were one of the best managers i've ever worked for and it made me feel good because i was nervous that he was just going to not respect me because of the age factor but you have to lead by, by example lead by the uh, from the front and 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 uh, walk the walk and talk the talk which i did and he respected me that's all that matters yeah yeah and going back to uh chris what what sean was saying is that um as long as i think 
uh, there's planning ahead. And as long as the organization understands where not just where the company wants to go and what the business needs, but how that correlates with each individual in terms of their own aspirations. Because a mm -hmm. lot of times you talk to them and the person thinks like, if I don't come out and say, I want that role and I should have it, I'm going to get fired because they're going to think I'm complacent. Uh, when in fact, if I think a smart organization thinks about, hey, we have a place for you. If this is all you want and you're good with it for the next 30 years, we can still use you. You're not exactly. disposable. You're not. We, we have a place for you and we can thrive with you in our organization. Now, those who are looking to grow and looking to move up the ladder we have a place for you too, but that doesn't happen with just title change and salary change. We want to make sure that when you get to that position and that role, you're happy with it. Therefore, we need to see what is it a good fit for you? Do you really want it? Because then you have the younger team uh, members that haven't really thought this through. Because all they're thinking about with those new roles coming, with your org chart changing, all they're thinking about is more salary, more power, more money, more power. You know, those are the, and, and, and my goodness, the whole world is breaking apart because people are chasing money and power. Instead of thinking of what's my talent? What, what, what specific thing do I do that when I do it, it doesn't feel like work? And as an employer, as a business owner of either 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, or two, mm -hmm. if you can make that connection, you're going to find people working for your organization that will, you know, put their neck on, their line, on the line to make sure that you succeed, if that makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. I am late for a client call. <laughs> Who's calling? I, I'm sorry, client, that I'm supposed to call right no now. No problem, Chris. We had can a good we time. A good, can we you give him a, a shout out? <laughs> <laughs> no names, um, guys. Right. It was great meeting with you. Uh, we'll All catch right. up soon. This was a, a really good, right, important yeah. topic. Take Thank care, you, Chris. Take care, man. Appreciate it. One of the things, uh, yeah, probably because I because we're discussing this. I always uh, wanted to, you know, uh, because we are evolving faster and, and growing fast, I always yeah. wish uh, to, you know, address uh, problems quickly. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when we, you know, you are, you are, you are adding layers in your hierarchy, problems mm -hmm. are going to crop up. Yep. So idea, one of the, one of the mantras or one of the things I always believe that you, you should have such agility that you should be addressing problems quickly. As you said, right. transparently and clarifying everything, but at the same time, you should act upon in such a way that you address yeah. everything in, in a very quick manner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you're, you're so right, Sean. I can't tell you how many times I've seen in good faith, you have people, uh, accounting firms go ahead and, conduct employee surveys, they survey their employees, and then nothing happens because, yeah, and so when you say agility and actually addressing things quickly, it's even worse when you do a survey and you don't do anything. That means that, you know, it's like, you know, getting someone to sit down and talk to you and you say, great, 
and you don't respond, you don't make any changes, you don't follow through. I mean, it's a, it's a having the, the door shut in their face, basically. So what you're saying is, is, is very important. And I, I always tell people, if you're not going to follow through with the next steps after making your team take a survey, don't have them take one. Don't do the survey. Don't do you the know, survey. I've come across this in my work with companies of all stripes, not just CPA firms, although there is a recent example of a CPA firm. But the, the communication breakdown, typically with organization, is with the ownership or the higher level employers or, or personnel, individuals responsible for the, the, mm -hmm. the, the decisions that are not necessarily the day-to-day -day decisions, but the big corporate decisions where mm -hmm. people give them suggestions. They say, thank you for that suggestion. And they think that by just doing that part, it's done. Yeah. And even yeah. though in their minds a few days later, they've already answered the question and they, they know the answer, but they don't tell anybody or, or it doesn't get the, so that circle doesn't get complete in the communication that breaks down the dynamics of a, a well-run machine. Because even if the answer is no, Sean, even if you don't want them to do X or if you, or, or if the, or if their request is unreasonable, they need to know and be told timely so that they can accept it. Otherwise, all they do is wonder why. And wonderment doesn't yeah. help anything. Yeah. Especially when you're going fast like you are, Sean, I think a fast growing company um, uh, really has to work hard on communicating and updating and sharing and, and letting people know what's happening. Uh, being as transparent as a word that people love to throw around, it just simply means just open up yourself and let people know what's happening, even if it's bad. Um, but just to constantly communicate is so much important because we get so busy growing. We shut up. We don't talk. We're just growing. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about earlier in the conversation that was a, a kind of a in my mind is people don't hire strategically. They hire painfully or they hire to fill a hole, but they don't hire strategically. And what I mean by strategically, it's just exactly what you're saying a little bit earlier is what is this person going to do and, and what is the right person for X, not just a body. And as we grow too fast, we throw bodies into slots without taking the time to select them. And sometimes we have no choice. It's like we're desperate for employees. So we don't have, like I have one client that's like, anyone who walks in, I'll hire because I, I just need a body. Yeah. Well, I'd rather have them go without the body than to hire the wrong body. I'd rather have <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, think about that. Just anybody, we, we hire anybody. Uh, not, not a good plan. So strategically hiring is critical to... Well, Mike, manage. listening to you reminds me of so many mistakes I have made. <laughs> <laughs> we That's all okay. have, John. We all have. I wasn't there. I didn't know you, man. Um, <laughs> well, so, yeah. Uh, it's my reflection talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, case in point, just, I just happened to be talking to a small firm here. They got, I was in a meeting with oh, 10 CPAs of all levels organization and one administrative person who was responsible for the bookkeeping. And you should, interesting, Sean, enough, they were talking about maybe using remote staffing. So I had a nice conversation about that. And they kept saying, well, Heather's going to be in charge. Heather's going to be in charge. Heather's going to be in charge. Great. So after the meeting, a week later, I call Heather. Hey, Heather, how's it going? Need more questions? You know, and her answer was, well, they haven't told me anything since we last met, so I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, I thought you were in charge of this. <laughs> <laughs> they did not communicate to Heather, obviously, 
that they're thinking about longer. She's like, I haven't heard. I'm like, I thought you were in charge of this potential person. But anyway, there's yeah. a, this the so lack of what we call what we, we because we are in sales. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but a little funny thing. Right. Uh, whenever we go, go, get this answer that he's going to be the in charge, and we finally don't. So what what we tell is basically. He was in charge of saying no to us. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even say that. She didn't even say no. She just said, I don't know. <laughs> so he deflected the answer, I suppose. So I, I wheeled my way back around and, and the answer was not right now, but that's still, it was just kind of, I thought that was kind of interesting that the person who was supposedly going to have this help didn't even know she yeah. wasn't allowed to have the help. So anyways, it's, yeah, that's, it's that's, commu that's communication, Mike. Uh, you know, it reminds me of, Years ago, I did uh, some consulting for a major hospital chain, chain, uh, um, nationwide hospital chain, and um, talking about agility and communication. And how do you close that gap when you're talking about, you know, hundred thousand employees, right? And so, just in the one building, one the headquarters, the one floor had about. 3,000 employees, right? And because things were changing, this is before the pandemic, obviously years ago, but because things were changing rapidly, what we end up doing is that we had these huddles, and it's interesting, I, I, we, do, we promote huddles for inside of the firms and people sometimes say, well, what do we do if we're like 50? I'm like 50? You should have been there when this, a hospital would have huddles, thousands of employees. There would be literally a horn and you would come out of your office and everywhere and we would have everyone join up. The VP would literally, I'm standing up and I'm not going to do it because this has uh, wheels under it. Yeah, go stand up on top of a chair and then on top of a desk. And she would speak, not through a microphone, not through anything but yell at everyone, here's what we've done, here's what we're going to do, and here's why it's important for us to do it and why I'm asking you to help us make sure we, we do this and we're successful at This is why this matters. And it was so silent, you wouldn't hear a pin drop because people were trying to pay attention. Now, what, you know, the reason why that happened is one, uh, the reason why there was no microphone is because we wanted to make sure that people actually make an effort to listen, right? And it was quick. It wasn't an email. We could do it in an email. It would have been super fast and, you know, uh, but it brought everyone to just physically bringing everyone together. So now in terms of when you're looking at a, a company like Integrity that is growing at, at a rapid speed, you have that same opportunity. And it's just, you know, when everything, if, if, if we can't think of how, what's the best way to communicate, here's one, everyone, get on a Zoom meeting. We can have 2,000 people. We're going to have a talk. Here's what's happening. Just keep bringing you up to speed. Here's what we've done. Here's where we're going. And the other last thing I want to mention about this is that it's important to remind the team that we're not perfect. That we're not perfect. We're going to struggle. We're going to make some mistakes, you know, but we got to work together to make it happen. And I, I just can't wait to see all the great things that integrity is going to do with your growth. 
And undoubtedly, I think you're going to share a lot of those experiences with firms that are looking to grow in the same speed. Well, I think uh, we have uh, we have a lot of things to talk, and we can talk probably for another you know two three hours on this. But yes, important announcement for Accountable. See, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Sure. Um, thank you uh, for uh, bringing that up, uh, John. Yes. So uh, if you are listening and you're looking to upgrade your accounting business and you want to do it, one, ethically, two, you don't want any shortcuts. You want the real deal. You are willing to put the time, effort, and energy into it to make sure you have sustainable growth for the right reasons and developing your team and the dynamic of your team and your operations, efficiencies, everything related to your business, marketing, sales, uh, offshoring, you name it. We have this workshop designed specifically for you. It's unlike any other ones you've been to. You can find out more about it. It's a virtual workshop at uh, accountablefirms.com. It is held on November 12th and 13th. Uh, so please uh, feel free to check it out. And if you have any questions about it, reach out to, and we're doing it in partnership with Integrity and also MyCPE. We couldn't, we could have not done it without this partnership. So we're quite proud of it. And we can't wait to wow you with the real deal. It's a, it's a filet mignon of workshops. It's not a fast food. Let's just make you a lot of quick money and send you your way. Let me show you with a silver bullet. None of that. If you're looking for a silver bullet, this is not the right workshop for you. If you're looking for mature solutions, then this is something that uh, Integrity, MyCPE, and FYUSA put together in Accountable 2020. We look forward to seeing you there. Absolutely. We are honored to be part of uh, this uh, event. And we have already invited a lot of our existing clients and the clients who are potentially looking to work with you. And the idea is to, to you know, uh, give the right perspective of operating business. Of course, we always wanted to show better ways and approaches to, to run the show. But yes, definitely, as Sia mentioned, it would be, uh, it would be with a purpose behind it. It would not be just you know, the regular conversation talking about yeah. optimizing and making profits and, you know, working less. It is something that we, we, we all are passionate about and we all are working only with the camera. So that's where, that's where we thought uh, this working together would really be real fun and real excitement. So we are all excited to see you there. So please join yeah. us if you're watching this podcast. Yeah. And for those are those of you who are existing uh, clients of Integrity and my CPE, um, you know, I, there's a lot of benefits, you know, already of being uh, clients of Integrity and my CPE. But here's another one as if you needed another one. But why not? Um, that there is a code that you can use if you are existing client that will give you um, a, a great discount. If you're not a client of integrity and my CPE, this should motivate you to do to become <laughs> one. Uh, it's 65. It's the only 
uh, the discount at this large rate right now that we're doing. It is only specifically reserved for the clientele of Integrity and MyCPE. And if you are existing client for Integrity, you can use ENT, that's E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, 2020 for your discount at our registration page. And if you are a MyCPE uh, account holder, you can use MyCPE2020 at the registration page. You will also receive your special discount. Thank you so much, everyone. Mike, you want to do your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts? Yep. When it comes to teamwork, one of my favorite examples of teamwork is geese. You're all familiar with how geese travel in the V form for great distances, and not everyone knows why. Maybe they were created that way. I don't know. Maybe they just like to look good. But the reason is, based on that formation, every geese further back in the line works less than the person in the front. And so they're able to go 70% further if they fly in a V than if they float, flew individually just because of this flow of air. And as they take, as the one in the guy in the front gets tired, he falls back and the other one moves forward and so forth. And that creates this ability for geese. So the same thing in a team or a company, when you're all working together towards the same goal and things, you know, the first guy gets a little tired or things go, and the next guy comes up and helps out. And then the next guy and, or get whatever the case. And over time, you're, you're building a team that can sustain great success for a long period of time. So when you're trying to work together, remember the geese. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that was a good building thought. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Sia. Thank you, Mike, for today's podcast. And We'll be closing this. This podcast will be available on our social media handles too. So please do watch it and share it uh, to the like-minded people around you. Thank you so much. Happy weekend. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. Take care.